Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin this evening. Didn't rain too hard at my house. I don't know what happened here, did it? Hit hard? It did? Okay. Well, I'm on the ridge and I'm protected, apparently, so. <laughs> nice and sunny out now, but uh, tonight we'll have one song, and then Brian will have our announcements. Three more songs, and then Chris will have our lesson this evening. And Jerry has our closing prayer. Our first song tonight will be number 866. 866, I Will Call Upon the Lord. I will call upon the see everyone out this evening. A few announcements here. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the four-year board for the baseball road trip that is scheduled for July 23rd to 24th. Deadline to sign up is July 14th. Uh, bridal shower for Grace Hutchison and fiance Ryan Gatrell for July 18th here at the building from 2 to 4. Uh, remember our campers and staff, they will be leaving this weekend for their week at Fort Hill. Uh, teachers and helpers are needed for v VBS. Sign-up sheets on the four-year board, so take a minute and check that. And we still need mowers to help with the summer mowing. Uh, just put your name on the list, and Gary will sign up and take it away from you, so that's fine. I signed up for this week, and Gary called and said, let me do it. I'm going on vacation. Uh, on the prayer list update, Carol Galloway continues to show signs of improving and was removed from the ventilator yesterday. She's still having kidney dialysis, but doctors believe that they will be able to decrease this in coming days. Keep her and Clinton in your prayers. Remember Kristen, Rusty, Hank, Randy Ash, Steve Ware, Dennis Haney, Tracy Hamrick, and others that are battling cancer at this time in your prayers. Is there any other announcements need to be made? If not, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, we're thankful for this evening, Father, and this opportunity we have to come here, Father. Pray that you would be with all those that are leading our service this evening and be with all the teachers as we go to our classes, Father. Be with us the rest of this week. Help us to be the examples we need to be in our community. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our next song is number 684. 
684. This world is not my home. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere in the Our next song will be number 867. 867. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. The first verse is in the book. The other verses are not. But if you know the verses, the words to Amazing Grace, you know the verses. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. But now I'm 
last song before the lesson this evening. It's number 841. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. 841, sing and be happy. song of invitation will be number 380, Just As I Am. I was trying to go quick so you wouldn't have to. All right, good evening. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 21. John 21. Before we started uh, our study on Mark, I think if you'd asked me which one was my favorite gospel, I probably would have said John. Um, this gospel is, is uh, incredible. Just as incredible as Mark is, no doubt. Um, I've just been historically more familiar with the Gospel of John. Uh, and I wanted to remind you of something you may have already known. This story is probably <clears throat> fairly common knowledge to you. It's John chapter 21. We're going to start in verse 15. Peter uh, has denied Jesus three times on the night of his crucifixion. That has been several days ago at this point. 
And Jesus has uh, appeared already to the disciples on a number of occasions. Uh, he's appeared to 500 men at once. He's appeared to Thomas, and Thomas has been allowed to put his fingers in the nail wounds and in the spear wound. But he has yet had an opportunity to meet one-on-one -on -one with Peter, apparently. Apparently, this is the first opportunity uh, when that meeting could happen. Peter, you have to understand, get into Peter's psyche just for a second and think about where he is after the night uh, he betrays Jesus. He listens to the rooster crow and all of a sudden it hits him. He starts weeping bitterly. We're actually going through this section uh, of the Gospel of Mark Sunday. Um, but I found something in John that correlates to something we're going to learn in Mark Sunday. So I thought, man, we need to, we need to focus on this story because there's so, so much here. But as, as Peter listens to the rooster crow, it hits him. He, he finally wakes up and he realizes what he's done. And I don't think Peter is the same ever again. I think that, I think that changed his life. Something sunk deep down inside of Peter and it changed him. Um, maybe you've been through a similar event like that where something that you have done has so changed you uh, that, that you're just never the same. Here, Peter's personality, um, the guilt that he's felt is going to be alleviated. But the change that has been enacted on his heart is, is never going to change. You see that uh, even as Peter grows old in his, in his epistles and even in his death, you see Peter never once backing down again. He never will betray Jesus again. And that, I think, sunk deep down inside of his heart that night the rooster crowed. I think Peter spent the next several days, maybe the next several weeks by this point, kicking himself, hating himself, just being overcome with guilt. He handled that guilt differently than Judas did, didn't he? But I think it just absorbs Peter. Uh, he's so, he's so guilt-ridden that uh, it, it just changes who he is. On this particular uh, morning here in John chapter 21, Jesus meets the disciples on the seashore of Galilee. They've been fishing all night. And fishermen's luck, right? They haven't caught anything. All night they've been fishing. These guys who grew up on the Sea of Galilee, been fishing it their entire lives, didn't catch a single fish this night. Jesus comes across on the seashore in the morning. He says, hey, you guys caught anything yet? And they say, no, we haven't caught anything. He says, cast your nets on the other side. Maybe you'll find something there. Uh, and these guys, they have to hear that every time, right? In this, in this fishing village uh, where they're from, and in this area, they're there again, no doubt. Everyone thinks that they're the expert fishermen. <laughs> and so you look at these guys who are doing this for uh, profession for years, and they've done really well. James and John's dad owns a fishing business here in Capernaum, and it's done well enough that he knows the high priest. You find that out from earlier on in John chapter 20 uh, when John allows uh, Peter into the, the courtyard there to, to, so he can betray Jesus ultimately. Um, but he has multiple boats, so he's doing fairly well in this fishing business, and so they have to hear this all the time. Hey, I've got a tip for you. Maybe you should cast your nets on the other side because the fish are not over here, but they're over there. They've kind of got to roll their eyes a little bit at this advice, but they do it. 
uh, and they bring up such a haul of fish. In fact, John records the exact number for us. There were 153 of them. And that's just an eyewitness memory, right? You, you have events like that in your own life, I'm sure, where something so significant happened. And you just remember the, the, the minutest details, like the clothes you were wearing that day, or the exact words that were spoken, or what time it was, you know? Uh, that, that's, that's what's happened for John here. This is such a significant moment in his life. He remembers the amount of fish that were there. And so at that point, John looks over at Peter and he says, Hey, it's the Lord, because apparently he has been disguised from them. And so Peter jumps out of the boat. He swims over to Jesus, and James and John and the rest of the disciples, I don't know if they, what they think about Peter, but they row the boat in carrying that haul of fish, and Peter's already on the seashore, I, I assume, and he drags the, the, the boat uh, and the fish up onto the shore, and Jesus starts cooking for them. They have a meal together. After the meal, though, we find what happens in verse 15. When they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What are the these Jesus is talking about, you think? Well, first of all, let's back up. Whenever Jesus calls Peter Simon, it's kind of like your mom calling you your first and your middle name. <laughs> Peter automatically knows he's in trouble. Simon. Oh, yes, Lord. Do you love me more than these? I don't know what Jesus meant there. I don't know if he's looking around at the fishing boats and, and the tackle and the fishing poles and all the money that this has brought in for Peter and his family and James and John and their family and all the memories that they have. I don't, I don't know if he's looking at that and, and saying, Peter, do you love me more than all this fishing equipment and, and the life that it has brought you, the nice, comfortable life that it's brought you? Do you love me more than those, those things? Did Peter? At the betrayal... Just a couple of weeks ago, at this point, Peter didn't love Jesus more than those things, did he? He chose himself. We'll see that Sunday. He chose, he chose himself over Jesus. I don't know if Jesus was looking at those or not. Maybe he was looking around the, at the other disciples. Because that's something that Peter has already claimed, right? Back in Matthew chapter 13, Peter says, Lord, even if... Everyone else abandons you. I won't ever leave you. I'll never betray you. Peter's claiming to love Jesus more than the other apostles, isn't he? And so Jesus looks at him and he says, Maybe. Do you love me more than, than all these other apostles? Is that still, you think that's still true, Peter? Because the way you reacted when you had an opportunity to prove your love for me and your devotion to me, you reacted the same way they did. Everybody fled. From him, So, Peter, do you really love me more than these things? Now, Peter's already ridden with guilt, right? This has to crush his heart. Listen to what he says, though. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And then he said to him again a second time in verse 16, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Man, that second time must have, must have really hurt. Can you imagine Jesus saying these words to you? Do you love me? And you say, yeah, Lord, I love you. Do you really love me? Have my actions backed that up? 
Does my devotion back that up? Does my Bible study back that up? Does my commitment back that up? All those thoughts have to be running through Peter's minds because they haven't. Jesus has got them dead to rights, so to speak, here, hasn't he? Jesus knows. He knows exactly what happened. Peter says to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Then Jesus said to him the third time, a lot of people want to make a big deal out of the words, the, the words for love change here in the Greek. From phileo to agape. I don't know that we can make a big deal about that because John uses those words interchangeably a couple other times. But what I think is so significant in this passage is the fact that Jesus asked them three times. Let me just stop and put yourself in his shoes. Do you love me? Yeah, yes, Lord, you know, you know I love you. And he, he's just kind of that first time, he's got to be thinking, oh, here, here comes the guilt. I'm going to be able to, to lay it all out for Jesus and tell him how I really feel about him. I've been waiting for this opportunity for maybe weeks at this point. I'm, just, I'm ready to pour out my heart to him. Do you really love me, Peter? <laughs> you know, you can kind of feel the tears start welling up in Peter and his heart's starting to break. And he's thinking, Jesus really is questioning whether I'll love him because of my actions. And then he says that the third time, Peter's got to be on his knees. If he's not physically, he's certainly there spiritually, isn't he? Jesus, listen to what he says. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Listen to what he says in verse 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you to where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he, that's Peter, he, was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. That was his first words to Peter, recorded in Scripture, wasn't it? Follow me. Come be my disciple. Come learn from me, Peter. Come follow me. Be like me. Learn this life from me. Learn the life of self-denial from Jesus because he's the master at it. He's the master at it. You're going to see that again Sunday. He is the master at self-denial. And he's, he's pleading with Peter at that very first time when he says, follow me. Three years earlier at this point, before Peter has a working knowledge of Jesus, Jesus says, hey, come follow me. Allow me to rub off on you. Allow my commitment and my devotion and my self-denial rub off on you, Peter. And here he says it again. Peter's being reinstated back into the office of an apostle, back where he belongs. Peter's fallen so far, hasn't he? He's got all that guilt, all that, all that, that stuff is just messing with him. It's got to be tearing him apart. He promised never to betray Jesus, yet here he is. On that night of the crucifixion, some things slip out of his mouth and he vows that he doesn't not even have a working knowledge of who Jesus is. He never even met him. All that stuff's just ripping Peter apart. But here, finally, Jesus has this moment with him where he, he brings him back and you see Grace. You see grace. You see a man who did not deserve to have Jesus' trust. He had already broken it. 
He'd broken it multiple times. If you've been following Peter in Mark, if you follow him in any of the Gospels, Mark or Peter just continually puts his foot in his mouth, doesn't he? It's not just once that he betrays Jesus. He's never on the same page with Jesus throughout the Gospels. All the way up until this point, finally Peter's back on the, is finally on the same page with Jesus. He's got his agenda down. He knows what he needs to do. Thanks to grace. He didn't deserve it. It wasn't even something Peter asked for. It was something that Jesus offered freely. Tonight, if you, if you are struggling, if you are in Peter, Peter's shoes and the guilt and the sin and, and the, the whatever is tugging at you, God offers grace. Not something you deserve. Not something I deserve. Not something we work for. But he offers it freely. And it's a complete new start, a reinstatement to where you ought to be. That's what he offers tonight. Maybe you need to be baptized, having your sins washed away, accepting that grace. We don't do anything to, 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 to get God's grace, but we can obey. And that's what he said that we need to do to accept his graces, to be baptized into his blood, having our sins washed away. If you have any need tonight, why don't you come as we stand and sing. Bow with me, please.
Father, we are thankful for this day, for the many blessings that you've given us, for your son who came and died for us. We're thankful for the opportunity to be here to hear the devotional, and we're thankful for Chris and him presenting it. We pray that you go with us as we go to our Bible classes, that we try to learn more about your word. Father, we ask a special blessing for Carol that you continue to watch over her and that she continues to improve. Be with Kristen and Rusty and all of our others, Father, that are sick. We ask your blessings on our shut-ins and those that have lost loved ones. Go with us. Forgive us. In my son's name we pray. And amen.